At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Today and then the next three messages leading up to Christmas Eve uh, are entitled The Chosen One. Today we're going to lay some foundation for this, but I really encourage you to go back and listen to these messages um, and, and, and really meditate on this because what we're going to just build a foundation of is, you know, why we do what we do, why, why we serve God, why, why we believe in Jesus, because He was chosen. He is the chosen one. He was chosen. It was prophesied about Him, and there's many people today that don't believe that He is the chosen one. Uh, many people that believe that today. And yet, all those people that don't believe in Him, um, they were created by Him. They were created by Him. But there are many that don't believe, and there are many that I watch <clears throat> today that are second-guessing their faith. They're, they're doubting their faith in God, their, their salvation experience. Um, everybody's had doubts. And a lot of times people have doubts about their salvation because of a number of reasons, but I think a lot of times people do because of them not seeing manifestation of things that they've believed for. That, that, that will cause them to begin to doubt. And um, the enemy works overtime. He works overtime to create doubt and unbelief. He creates suspicion. You know, is that really true? Is that really going to happen? Did God really promise that to you? Is this really going to happen? Well, there's something in this series that's going to help you with that. I mean, I've never preached a message along this line, just exactly like this. And man, it's been helping me <laughs> as I've been preaching it to myself and looking at some things that sometimes you just take for granted that you think you know. But when you can be talked out of your faith, when a person can be talked out of it, you don't really know. God is strengthening us in this hour. It's the day of the church. Today is the day of the church. I don't care what it looks like out there. It's the day of the church. Um, we have a, for all the volunteers, everybody that volunteers, we pray before service, right? Just, just before 10 o'clock. And um, this morning, Josh was one of the people that prayed. And when he prayed, he talked about the church being a family. That the church is a family. And in the, the climate that we live in today coming out of some of the experiences we've had in the last three years, um, people have 
in such a short period of time, people have alienated themselves from other people, pulled back from it. Well, I just, I want to be able to sit at home in my underwear and, uh, and I'll, I'll watch church in my underwear, right? Uh, no real commitment to it. I'll do it when I want to because everything's about me. And um, being connected to church life and to a family of people that are believing the same thing or developing their faith in the same direction um, is something that you can't do away with because the Bible tells us, do not forsake the fellowshipping of yourselves of those of the same precious faith. Not just with anybody, but people that are growing and developing in the same direction so that you can encourage one another. We need each other. Can you say amen? amen? But the reason we need each other is because of the chosen one. Because of him. That's why we need each other. Because we're all parts of his body that is doing something in the earth. And I'm telling you, today is the day of the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? It's the day of the church. And so, as we get into the message today, I'm going to look at how the Bible, and and I'm going to build some foundation, won't get very far today, we'll build some more next uh, Sunday, but leading up to Christmas Eve, uh, who, what I want to share, I'd like to share it today, but I want to build something, and, and I want to look at the 66 books that we call the Bible, the letters, the, the writings that we call the Bible, and I want to look at the chosen one throughout Scripture. He's everywhere because he was the purpose and the plan. Ephesians 1 says that he chose you and I before the foundation of the world. The redemption for your and my life was already set up and it was paid for before Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. Before. That's how much He loves us. So, I want you to think on a few different time frames as we're looking at this today, as we jump into this. Um, Genesis 1.1 says this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And on on the time frame that we live on and in, That's somewhere around about 6,000 plus years from, from Adam and Eve to Abraham was about a little less than 2,000 years. From Abraham to Jesus was also just a little less than 2,000 years. And from Jesus to right here has been over 2,000 years. So somewhere in the neighborhood of 6,000 plus years 
have we been in operation in the world that we know of? In the world that started in Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So, the Old Testament begins with the book of the generation of the world. The beginning of the New Covenant, in Matthew 1 and 1, it says, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So, the New Testament begins with the book of the generation of Him that made the world. John chapter 1 and verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So, we see the generations of the world in Genesis 1-1, we see the generations of the one who made the world in Matthew 1-1, and we're going to look at today how all of that fits, how all of that fits in a plan that God had for your life. It's amazing how God can be such a father that plays favorites. And we're all his favorite. <laughs> I, I don't know how. I, I don't know how he can do that. Right? I don't know. But he called us his favorite. And so we're going to look at what this chosen one has done and what this chosen one has accomplished, but we're going to look at where this chosen one came for, came from and how all of this is set up to empower you and I today to live the life God created us to live. <clears throat> so I want to focus on What Matthew 1 1 says regarding the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Well, how, how is Jesus Christ the son of David? How, how is Jesus Christ the son of Abraham? I thought he was the son of God. He is. And he is the son of David, and he is the son of Abraham. So we got to define it so that we can understand that, so we can better accept and receive it, so nothing can talk us out of it. Can you say amen to that? <clears throat> Genesis 12.3, I'm just going to read like single verses, and then I'm going to explain the verses. I want to read... Genesis 12.3, and then I want to read Genesis 22.18. And this talks about Jesus being the son of Abraham. 
verse 3 of chapter 12 of Genesis. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. In you, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Wow, that's a lot on Abraham. Right? He said, in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So, God the Father takes this man, who is a righteous man, who is a wealthy man, and he tells this man, I want you to leave your country, I want you to leave your family, I want you to leave your surroundings and go to a place that I tell you. And in essence, Abraham said, yes, sir. And so he goes, and, and I want you to think about this about Abraham. Um, here's a guy that has a wife that's been barren all of their marriage. And God has called him the father of nations. That all the families of the earth will be blessed because of you. And he has no children. And from Genesis 12.3 to what I'm going to read here in a moment, Genesis 22.18, Abraham did some really stupid things. He lied. He committed adultery because his wife told him to, to get a child, because they couldn't figure out this, how this thing was going to happen, so they kind of helped God out. Anybody ever done that? right? So, they're going to help God out, and uh, God's going to make the way through their help. Greatest revelation you will ever get in your life when you get it is God does not need your help. He needs your obedience. <laughs> he needs your obedience. Mm, 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 mm. So, jumping ahead after all of Abraham's mistakes and Finally, the birth of his son, Isaac, and in Genesis twenty-two eighteen, he says, and in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Whew. We see where he didn't obey his voice. And, and he lied to kings and did all kinds of different things, you know. Uh, he didn't do all that. So, so he did, you know, if you look at all his dirty laundry and you throw it out there, you don't doesn't look like he's all that great. But in the New Testament, all you see is how great Abraham was. See, because in God's eyes, all that God sees is how great you are. No matter what. How great you are. So, this... 18th verse of Genesis 22, if you back up in the chapter, you find out that God told Abraham, you take your son, you go to the mountain, and he gets to the mountain, and he's there to offer a sacrifice, and he finds nothing else but his son, so he's willing to offer his son, and the angel comes and he speaks to him, and he says, Abraham, not today. All God was looking for was an avenue in. And it took the faith of Abraham and all that he went through 
You read all the previous chapters and everything that he went to to get to this place to have the faith to believe that if God gave me this son the way he gave me this son, if this son is being taken away, then he'll raise him up. Because he's called me the father of nations and all the families in the earth are blessed through me. So there's a way. How many know that God will make a way, even when it seemed like there's no way, He'll make a way for you. Can you say amen to that? See, so when God promised Abraham a son who should be the great blessing of the world, Abraham expected it to be his immediate son. But actually, it was a son about 2,000 years later. And there's one statement that I'm making to you right now. I'm going to make another one in a moment. But I'm making this statement to you today. And do not forget this statement. Do not forget this statement. Everybody close your eyes. Just close your eyes and see yourself not forgetting this. Look at me. 2,000 years of a delay. And I'm saying this to you today. Delays of promises, though they exercise patience, do not weaken the, the promises of God. Delayed promises, even though they develop patience in our life, They do not weaken the promise that God has made. Romans 4 says that when Abraham finally came to the place where he began to believe God at about almost 100 years old, it says he grew strong in faith believing that what God had promised he was able to perform. And he saw the results in about a nine-month period. After he had tried and done everything he could in a 25-year period in the flesh, he finally gave it up. I'm telling you today, if God has promised you something in your life, the fact that there's been delay does not weaken that promise. There's only actually one that can weaken the promise. You. By choosing not to believe what God had promised you. There's prophetic words that God has given me in days past. I've not seen the results of it yet. But today, some of those prophetic words are growing stronger inside of me than ever before. The delays in promises do not weaken the promise. And we can see real clearly, all of heaven rejoiced when Abraham was willing to sacrifice his only son. And the angel worded it just like that. The the angel worded it, if you go back and read in the 20, uh, whatever, 22nd chapter, you go back and read twice, he said, 
your son, your only son. <laughs> your son, your only son. Your only son. Who does that sound like? God the Father. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten son. And what Abraham offered was God's access into the earth. Does God need access to do stuff in the earth? Yeah, when, you, when He set it up and gave authority to man, He never took the authority back. Man gave it away, and now, 2,000 years before it was going to happen, all of heaven's rejoicing. It's done! It's done? It's done? It's done. Because of one man's faith to do what the angel told him to do. Because of one man's faith, Jesus had access into the earth. But see, that wasn't a plan that was created for the next 2,000 years. That plan was already established before the foundation of the world. That's how much God loves us. Did the 2,000-year delay weaken the promise? (laughs) No, it actually got stronger. The son of Abraham. Oh, but he's the son of David too. David, that adulterer, murdering piece of work. Yep. Watch this in Psalm 89. There's a lot of different scriptures, but I'm just using these few. Psalm 89 and verse 3. I have made a covenant with my chosen. (laughs) I have sworn to my servant David, your seed I will establish forever and build up your throne to all generations. Selah. What does Selah mean? Think about it. Meditate on that. Think about it and meditate on the fact that Jesus was the son of David. He was the son of Abraham, and in the genealogy, he's the son of David. And man, oh man, oh man, oh man, there are some murders in that genealogy. There's some prostitutes in that genealogy. There's some this and that and the other in that genealogy. Why? Why? Because it was God's will. That in spite of the weakness of humanity, God's going to take the world because it was proven through David that a man could actually repent and be forgiven. Did David repent? I mean, David repent and he turned. True repentance is to turn from your wickedness. I mean, one of his main soldiers, one of his main guys, faithful to David. David murders this guy and takes his wife. First he takes his wife, commits adultery, and then murders the guy because he wants his wife as his wife.
That'd be strung out all over the media today. Hmm? Pastor murders his associate, steals his wife. And David repented. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So true repentance came on the scene through the son of David. There was a man in the midst of his mistakes that had great faith and turned from his wicked ways, empowering you and I through the blood of Jesus to be able to turn from our ways that are not right. The genealogy, when you read, you go back in Matthew and you read all the genealogy leading up to the birth of Jesus through Joseph, Jesus' earthly father. You go and read through that and go study some of those people. Apparently, there's not like a righteous one in there. If you base righteousness on their mistakes... But that was God's plan. Because in spite of our mistakes, He's called us. And we see that. Can you say amen? amen. We see the, that the promised one, the chosen one, <clears throat> coming through these kind of people, it literally, it, 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 it happened through ungodly people and it literally took forever to come to pass. And it's an example of what this life would be like for you and I to walk through and to develop a life of faith. You don't see things quickly. Not when you're developing faith. You don't see things quickly. Why did, why did God call Abraham the father of nations, and it actually happened 25 years later. Why, when Abraham offered his son, and the angel confirmed it was his only begotten son, why did heaven rejoice like it was already done, and it happened 2,000 years later? There's no time period. I'm just telling you, it never happens quickly. But the good thing is, it happens suddenly. It never happens quickly. Not when you're developing faith. Why didn't it happen with Abraham? Man, he had some stuff to work out. Why didn't it happen with David? Because of the man stuff. Why hasn't it happened with you in certain areas of your life? Because of some stuff. So, we're all in the same boat. Let's work it out. Huh? I mean... You're going to deal with stuff anyway in the earth. You might as well be on the path of developing faith in God and trust in God and seeing that you have the ability to overcome anything that you face because of the chosen one, because of Him. Can you say amen? 2 Samuel 7 and verse 12. 
when your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, this is talking to David, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Isaiah prophesied, and we'll read that next week, Isaiah prophesied that that his kingdom would last forever. The government would rest upon his shoulders. The true government in the earth is the kingdom of God. That's the true government in the earth. Oh, okay. Wow, well, I'm not going to do, do anything that the government here says. No, I didn't say that. <clears throat> you can do what you want, but we might have to come visit you in jail. <clears throat> you have to obey the laws of the land because the Bible tells us to do that also. But at the same time, He wants you to give value and, and preference to the kingdom of God that's being eternally developed on the inside of you. And we do that because of what the chosen one accomplished. We see that as he's the son of David. And through David and the lineage of David, through the lineage of Abraham, he established his kingdom on the earth because of the obedience of these men. Wow. And I want you to think about this as my my second thought. And I'm actually just going to bring this message today to a close. Because I want you to keep this thought, the thought I gave you earlier, and I want you to really keep and meditate on this thought. So, the son of Abraham and the son of David was born in a time when actually Abraham and the seed of Abraham were a despised people. They were, they were yoked in bondage with, with Rome and, and, and and the Roman government, they were literally in a place of bondage with them. <clears throat> and the house of David was actually forgotten about without hope. There hadn't been a miracle on planet earth in over 500 years. Everything, everything looked hopeless. Everything at this point looked hopeless. There's a verse of Scripture that was prophesied in Isaiah 53. I want to read that, Isaiah 53 and 2, and it says this, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. In other words, There was no beauty about Jesus that he would be desired as the soon coming king, the Messiah. And that he would would be raised up like a dry root in dry ground. 
and where the kingdom of Abraham and the kingdom of David is concerned, it looked like there was nothing. They were a despised people that had grown to a place of living under rules and regulations. They were in total bondage. They were, they were, in, they, they, they were bickering and fighting with one another in the different sects in the, in the, in the Jewish world. They, they, they couldn't get on the same page. Looks a lot like some of those kind of things today in, in America. But out of the dry ground came the light, came the moisture, came the seed. Can you say amen? And I want you to keep this thought to yourself, and I want you to meditate on it today. God's time for His performance of His promises in most situations is when it faces the greatest difficulties. Why? Because it takes faith to receive the promise. Every single promise comes to you by faith. And in so many, so many situations, as it was with the birth of Jesus, it was already prophesied that He would be like a root in a dry ground that begin to produce. I'm telling you today that no matter what difficulties you face in your life, the chosen one is that root that will produce whatever you need as you have faith in Him and trust in Him and confidence in Him. And remember the first thing I told you. Because there's delays, it doesn't weaken the strength of that promise. I'm just telling you today, I don't have anything else to say. We need to meditate on those two thoughts. We need to meditate on what the chosen one has produced for us. He's alive, he's well, he's all through Scripture. The few verses of Scripture that I read today, he's all through Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. He's all through Scripture, the chosen one. God had a plan, and he took 66 books of the Bible to talk about it. It all led straight to him. The birth of Jesus that many people try to act as though some of it's not true, or it's just a story, or it didn't really happen that way, and surely, you know, this couldn't happen or that couldn't happen. Well, one of the things that history or church history has proven that it, it was proven that Sarah truly conceived a child at 90 years old, just like a 90-year-old would be impregnated today by a 100-year-old man. Abraham and Sarah's situation was based on faith in God. When it seems impossible, that's when God overcomes the impossibilities by doing what only He can do. But it came when Abraham had faith to believe for that. It didn't just happen because God could do it. God had to have a person that would have faith. 
and a 100-year-old man impregnated a 90-year-old woman, and they really had a child. Can you say amen? It was no Holy Spirit coming on and doing what, they, what the Holy Spirit did with Mary. Totally different. But people try to downplay what happened to Mary, but I'm saying Abraham and Sarah's was as much of an impossibility as Mary's situation never being with a man. And what seems impossible is always possible with God. And if God promised it, like He promised Abraham when he was 75 years old, the strength of that promise will never be weakened just because 25 years goes by and you don't see the manifestation. Just because 2,000 years go by and you don't see the manifestation. If God promised it, it will come to pass. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.